welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Here is today's special guest speaker. Brother Jeff just said at the beginning about, about um, uh, something about um, work or I begin to think about um, that, you know, we, we so many times we think of God as the CEO. You know, he's the head dude, right? He built everything, right? You know, the buck stops there, as some would say, right? But see, but that's not who he is, okay? Because see, I work for a company. I work for an international company, and the, the CEO is in Michigan, and, and I, I, I never see him. And when I do see him or, or when his entourage come, what happens? Oh, we've got to clean this stuff up, man. Oh, my. We've, we've kept this stuff dirty all this time. Uh, hey, hey, get someone paint the walls right now. They should have been painted two years ago when he told us. But let's, let's change everything, get everything ready, because the CEO is coming. Ever you worked for a company like that before? And you walk into the hallways and you trip over paint cans and all that, and you're like, what, what's this here? But now the CEO's coming. Get those paint cans out of here. Are you kidding me? That happens. But can I tell you today, whew, hallelujah, that the Lord is not the CEO in whom you think he is. He's not someone sitting in an office someplace on his computer saying, oh, oh there's a... Oh, there's a prayer request uh, uh, from Vicky. Uh, should I say yes or should I say no? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's flip a coin. No, that's not him. He's in the room with you. He's right there next to you. He's breathing with you. He gave you your first breath. Oh, hallelujah. You know, the Bible says in Revelation that he is the first and the last And to those who want to uh, say that they have authority over man, let me tell you, hallelujah, that he has the first breath and he has the last breath. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. Yes, he does. So my my sermon today is called Sticky Bennies. Sticky Bennies. Now, how many has a job or had a job or wish you had a job? Uh, Just me and just... There's people in front. No one else wants to have a job. Okay, that's okay. That's all right. You know, God can provide anyway, all right? So, so you know, you, you, get, you, you go to a job, and, uh, you know, the, the, what they pay you, you know, on an hourly basis is great. Uh, you know, that's fine. You know, you, you left this job because they pay you more uh, uh, at the new job. But it's all about the bennies, okay? The benefits are what, are what really makes the difference because the benefits— they really don't have a, a, a price tag on that you see, right? I mean, uh, you, you have, uh, have health care, and, uh, you know, the Lord knows that health care these days have just went way out of the roof, and it costs five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars $900 a month, but, you know, you pay $100. You don't see that as a benefit sometimes, but it's a great benefit, right? It is, and just on and on. But God has a benefit for you, and we're going to share this with you right now. And I hope, it, I hope you're prepared today to let God change your thinking. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 116. And we're going to read three verses, 12 through 14. 
Now, I'm a little old-fashioned this way, so you have to forgive me. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet in honor of the Word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus says, but my word shall never pass away. So if I can stand up to root on my Indians that they got stomped by Houston Astros, I can stand up to hear the word of God that never goes away. Hallelujah. Psalms 116, 12 through 14. It says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I shall lift up the cup of salvation. And call upon the name of the Lord. I shall pay my vows to the Lord. Oh, may it be in the presence of all his people. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the righteous, I pray, the Lord, that you would touch this word that you've given me today. I pray, Lord, that I, my mind becomes empty and my heart becomes sterile, Lord. I, just, I pray that, Lord, that you are, you are now the speaker in this flesh. I pray you touch the hearts of those who hear this word, the Lord, that they will learn how much they can trust you. They can learn, Father God, how much that you love them and that you have good for them and not evil. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, the righteous, I pray, and the church says, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Bless the Lord. Now, I want you to think about the person in your life that you trust the most. You don't have to say it because the person next to you might be upset that you didn't choose them. So is it your wife or your husband or is it a best friend? Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Uh, is it a, a, a friend from college or high school or, or just someone that you've become, you know, as, you know, as it says in Proverbs, a, a friend that's closer than a brother, you know? Just think of that person right now. I want you to think of that person, that when all things are going negative, that you can trust in them, that you know that they'll always be there, they're always willing to listen, they'll give you quality advice, they're willing to go through no matter what you're going through, they're willing to walk with you. I want you to think about that person right now. And I want you then to, in your mind, understand that the Lord is greater than that. That he wants you to trust him greater than that because you can. Hallelujah. That you can trust in him because from the very beginning of what he has started in you, he, has well, or he is well able to finish your course. I want us to read this word slowly for a second. Where it says here, it says, what shall I render to the Lord? Now, when you think of the word render, what does that mean even? You know, you know when I was in school, I love mathematics. English, not so much, all right? Thank the good Lord for spell check. That's all I'll say, all right? Without spell check, well, there'd be some pretty nasty sentences. What are you talking about? But thank the Lord for spell check. So I don't know what render is, so I look it up. You, you, it has many meanings, but do you realize that render is also part of the construction industry? Render is the first sticky plaster that's placed on stones or brick. 
Now, what do you do with, with stones that have plaster on them? What do they begin to build? Just look at this here. You know, they just didn't lay these bricks on it and say, well, hopefully they don't fall down. There's something here. There's something here that has filled in, whew, hallelujah, that has, that, don't miss this, that has filled in the gaps so that it would be strong and they can take whatever winds come its way. So God wants you to see him as someone who places stones and bricks against your rendering. So that means that whatever God is wanting to build in your life, and he's, trust me, from the day that you begin breathing upon this planet, God had a plan for your life. Can someone say amen to that? God had a plan. No matter what mom was thinking or what you thought as you grew up, God had a plan for you to, to be blessed and be a blessing. His plans are always good for you. But Brother Dave, you don't know the things that have happened to me. I understand. Those things have happened to me also. But you find that God sometimes sends you through a filter because he wants you to come out on the other side, the man or the woman, who hallelujah, that he has created, thought he was creating in the first place. Can someone say amen to that? He has a better way for you. He has something special for your life. Hallelujah. So what is this rendering all about? So let's look at it. There's, there's three things that God is going to apply upon the rendering of your life. He says, first thing you got to do is I shall lift up the cup of salvation. Now understand that's, that's you know, 8,000 years ago English. I told you, English and me, not friends, all right? What's that mean? You're going to drink, have that cup of salvation. Today you have come into this house and maybe you have drunk that cup of salvation and maybe you have not. Can I tell you, if you haven't, then you're lost. Amen. Can someone say amen to that? If you have not drunk the cup of the Lord today, then you are lost and you're going to hell. I know it's not a popular subject here in the 21st century, but there is a hell and there is a heaven. There is, all right? And I'm not going to go down there because, you know, I could. Because I like talking about heaven. I like talking about what God has laid up for me. But here today, the Lord wants you to take his cup first. He wants you to have, it's, it's likened unto this. It's likened where you, something has invaded your, your body. And it's, maybe it's cancer. Did, did you know, some of you know, that I had cancer. I did. And believe it or not, it was three years ago, on, on October 30th of 2015, I began to have a, a, a pain in my side. I was at work, and I said, I said, boss, I, I gotta go sit down. My, my side is killing me. He said, I, I, gotta, I gotta go home. So I go home, and I, I try to lay down. I couldn't lay down, and so my brother, I'm texting my brother, my phone call, I'm texting my brother, okay? So, you know, he says, you got to go, go to the emergency room. This is crazy. 
So I do, and, you know, they all think I've got kidney stones and everything, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bleeding from places I shouldn't be bleeding from. That's all I'll say, you know. And so, so they give me drugs and everything, and I feel better. I feel great. And they say, you know what, come back on Monday. Uh, we'll just do a, a, a checkup. So I was, um, I was driving to, uh, to, the, uh, to Metro General Hospital uh, on Monday, and my daughter texts me, uh, says, hey, Dad, you want me to come with you? I said, ah, don't worry about it. This is a checkup. It's bad. I don't feel any pain any longer. It's no big deal, right? So I, this is true, hallelujah. This is a true story. So I, I walk into this room, and it, it's probably the size of, I'm not kidding either. This is probably the size of, of this walkway here. It really is. There's just a little desk over there, and I'm like, man, you think they would give me a bigger room? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it shows how high up the food chain I was there at Metro General, I guess, okay? So I'm, I'm sitting there, and this young man who is, uh, how old are you? So he's older than 15, thank God, okay? You look a lot older than that. But, uh, so he's probably got to be about 24, all right? He comes walking in, sits down. Now, this is not the doctor, okay? This is just some, some young kid. I never met him before in my life. He goes, yeah, 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 you got cancer. Yeah, yeah, you got it. I go, what? Cancer? This, this is just a checkup. What are you talking about, cancer? He goes, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to take your kidney out. I go, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. You're not taking my kidney out. We've got to take a picture or something, right? You can't just say, hey, you know, uh, let's take your kidney out. I'm all for that. <laughs> no. So then the nurse, not the nurse, but the doctor comes in. She's a precious woman. Uh, uh, she's from Sweden, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, and she, uh, she says, yeah, she goes, uh, she, and she puts up this, uh, she puts up this uh, MRI, right? It just looked like a bunch of gray and white matter to me. I said, well, what does that look like? It, look, does it looks like nothing, all right? She goes, oh, no, no, look right here. See, right here, and there's something wrapped around your kidney. And like, Doc, don't you think you should do a biopsy on this, right? I mean, let's just check it out. Maybe the photo was wrong. Maybe someone photoshopped it. They were having a fun time, and they photoshopped it, trying to get a laugh. It could happen, okay? So I said, maybe that's what it was. And, and, and she, goes, she goes, David, I'm telling you right now, I am 98% sure that you've got cancer, and we've got to remove this thing right now. Right now. So, you know, we come out of the room and go to the desk and they give me all these appointments and everything. Then the battle begins. I'm sitting there in a hallway about the size of that room. (laughs) There's no one there, no one. But Satan shows up. He did, he did. He says, and I quote him, he goes, well, 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 look what we have here. <laughs> so you go and you start preaching. And then now you've lost your children and you've lost your family. You lost your marriage. And now <laughs> you're going to lose your life. Great God that you have. That's what he said. And you know what? Hallelujah. 
the Spirit of God began to raise inside of me. And I said, Satan, get thee behind me. Because my God has a plan, hallelujah, that is not made in men's hands. And if I've got to lose a kidney or two or even three, the Lord will make sure that this body is continuing to breathe and do hallelujah until he says I'm done. Can someone say amen? I tell you, hallelujah, hallelujah. So I tell you, four weeks later, I was about to be on the, on the, um, uh, on the uh, chopping block and I was going around work and I was smiling and I was singing and I was thanking the Lord for another day. And there was a young lady, her name is Karen, uh, and she walks up to me and she goes, David, don't you know you've got cancer? Why are you sitting here and singing and dancing and thinking everything is a-okay? You've got cancer. Don't you understand it? I had a good friend of mine who's in church, by the way. He goes, he goes, he goes, you, you really believe this stuff, right? I mean, I can't believe it. You, you have this, you just think that everything's going to be fine. You believe it? I said, are, are you kidding me? You don't believe it? See, God, now I say this before I, I move on. God did not heal me. I don't, I, I don't have two, two kidneys. They took the thing out. And there was a seven centimeter clear snake was wrapped around that thing. But can I tell you, you know how many days of chemotherapy I had to do? That'd be none, right? You know how many days I had to spend in the hospital? That'd be one, right? You know how many times that I went back and they were worried about things? I, that would be none. Can I tell you that from that point on, not, there was, they were amazed. We, 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 you should be in, we, we, A, you should be taking radiation, and you sh we should be worried about your bladder and all those other things that should have been, could have been condemned because of this massive snake around your kidney, but there is none. There was none. Hallelujah. Because God said, I trusted in him for whatever tomorrow, hallelujah, don't miss this, for whatever tomorrow held, and he was faithful. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. That's the truth. And that's where the difference is today with your life. God wants you to trust in him, no matter if the snake has wrapped around your life and you feel like it's getting ready to take not just your kidney, but everything you have. That's okay. He's got a plan for you that's better. Hallelujah. He's got a plan of victory for you if you just do the five-word thing. Trust, trust, trust him. Hallelujah. Can someone give God the glory? Hallelujah. Amen. Woo, Hallelujah. So we start off with a cup of salvation. you got to drink that thing. you got to accept him as your personal Savior. And all your sins of your past are gone. They're gone. They're, 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 they're just no longer there. Right there. But, but God, do you remember? No, no, he doesn't. Because see, his word says that he no longer remembers your sins. As far as the east is from the west, he no longer remembers. And, and i got to say this because this is just truth. I know so many Christians who just say, you know, I deserve this. I, you know, things have been bad for me, and I deserve it. You know, I, was, I wasn't really, I did some things wrong, and this is just God punishing me. Dude, that's wrong. It's just wrong. That's not how God works, all right? Now, now is, there, 
Is there consequences to your circumstances? Can someone say yes? Of course. You go speeding. Uh, my, my, my daughter, she is, uh, she is 25 going on 12. True story, all right? <laughs> so you know, she's always calling me with crazy things in her life. And, uh, and she goes, Dad, I can't believe it. We got, a, we got a speeding ticket in the mail for $200. Can you believe that? I go, well, okay. I said, what were you doing? I'm thinking, what, doing 80 and a 40 or something like that? Uh, just, we were doing 35 and a 25. I go, okay. Well, that's what it said on the paper. But what I'm trying to say is, is that when, when we transgress against something, we think it's going to cost us unbelievable thing to fix it. And that's not the way the Lord works. He doesn't. He picks you up and says, it's going to be okay. If the, the, the Bible readers, remember, remember the, the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. I mean, she was caught in the act. If it was today, they had video on it and have been on YouTube. True story, right? And so here they are, the, these religious, religious, means they went to church. No kidding. They went to church every day. They fasted two or three times a week. How many fasted two or three times this year? Huh? Hello? All right. Uh, they, they read their, uh, the Old Testament at the time uh, every day. But these religious people drag this woman and toss her in front of the Lord and says, this is what she's done. Our law says we're supposed to stone her. So the Lord kneels down and, you know, starts riding in the sand I'm sure he wrote something like, you're a hypocrite. I don't know. That's just me, okay? Maybe, maybe it was that or, you know, you really don't know my father or something like that. But no one knows what he wrote. And he says, he says, those without sin, go ahead. Cast those stones at her. Kill her. Kill her. Kill her. And the Bible says from the oldest, to the youngest, because you know as you get older, and I know all you young men are under 25, you don't think 30 is old, and trust me, you're really not, but you feel like when you come 30, you're like, oh my Lord, I'm 30, you know, but now now you're 55, now what, <laughs> okay? But you, you look back, and all these older men that said, all the things that I've done, <laughs> they start dropping those stones, boom, boom, boom. And then he looks sinner. Now catch this now. She didn't, she didn't look to the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive me. She didn't, she didn't say, Lord, I, I miss church on Sunday, I know, but, but I'll go back. She, she, didn't, she didn't say that. He, he looked at her and loved her. Loved her. And, hallelujah, and met her where her need was at. He says, Neither do I condemn thee. But there was more. He says, go. Go and sin no more. So where, where, is, the, where is the punishment for that? Did, she, did God say, hold on, hold on now. What you've done is pretty bad. So we're going to have this horse grab you by the ankles. And we're going to drag you through the, the, uh, uh, the parking lot because there's a lot of gravel there. Okay? And so you get really skinned up, all right? And we can say, hey, now next time, you know, don't do this because you're going to get skinned up. No, he didn't. And your life today, 
that you look back and you say, yesterday I did this, and I know my Lord wasn't happy with it. He says, I forgive you. Come sin no more. I've got a rendering for you. I want to build you a house. And that begins by salvation. And it begins at the next thing it says, I call upon the name of the Lord. And today you've come into this house and you need to call upon the name of the Lord. You need to say, Lord, because trust me, he's not the CEO in Michigan. He's right there. He saw what you've been doing. And he has a better life for you. He has something that's going to change you. But you need to see him for who he is. He's a God that you can trust in. He's a God that you can have faith in. He's a God that wants, has good things for you. I have a friend of mine who he, he had, he was caught doing something, what the law says you're not supposed to do. And he says, you know, he says, I just know, I just know that, because he was, he was in a bad situation. He says, he says, I know God is just punishing me for this. I said, dude, you don't know God. He loves you. And you know what? God healed his situation. He stopped sinning. Who hallelujah. And God made him a better man. Can someone say amen? He changed inside him so he can have faith to know that God wants you to trust in him. And he has a better way for you to live. He has a better life for you, even better than you have for yourself. But it all comes down by you saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to trust in you. You know, about, it was, it was the end of, the end of June, and I was getting really tired of the place I was working at. It was very, it wasn't, it wasn't working out well because there was no business and everything, and so I had a friend of mine who, who, who said, hey, we're hiring over here, and they're paying good money once you come over, and I did, and, and I went through all the, you know, Ponce and circumstances and looked like I had the job and everything. And so I I told my I told my bosses I quit. Give my two week notice. So I'm about a week into that, and I get a call and they tell me, um, you don't have the job. So I'm like, okay. I don't have the job. And my son goes, Dad, what are you going to do? You're, in a week from now, you're not going to have a job. What are you going to do? And, I, and this is a saying that I'm saying more and more in my life. And I, I hope you take it with you today. I said, son, the Lord will supply the lamb. He'll supply it. Do, do you realize, and those who are Bible readers, you know this, but when, when Abraham was given his son Isaac at the age of 99, God had promised him a nation, nations would come from him. Now, at 99, he didn't have a son, or 98, 99 he did. But the Lord told Abraham to take his son, take him up to the mountain, and sacrifice him to, to the Lord. Now, right away, that was done today, <laughs> and it went on Facebook, Oh my. Oh my. What? You're going to kill your son? Are you kidding me? But he trusted the Lord. He trusted what the Lord was saying to him. So he goes to the mountain and he has he has the his 
his uh, service with him. He says, listen, you guys stay here. Me and my son are going, and me and my son are returning. So he was right there. He was proclaiming faith what was going to happen. And so when he got up there, he raised his hand to strike down his son. He heard a wrestling into the bushes, and the Lord provided the lamb. And that's what the Lord, when, when things are life and death. Anybody here been in a life and death situation? Am I the only one where you felt like your life was in, weighing in the balance? And you're like, I, I don't know if I can make it to tomorrow. Can I tell you, there's been times in my life I said, and this is a true story, can I make it through the hour? Forget about t- tomorrow. T- tomorrow's a long time from now. Can I make it through the hour? But the Lord continues to show you how much he loves you, and you need to trust that. You need to trust that the God's going to supply that lamb. So fast forward with my story. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving work, you know, like a few days, and, and literally, not kidding, Literally in a 45-minute time on, on a Friday, about 4.30, I get email, can you work for us? Can you work for us? I get a phone call, hey, can you work for us? And, and on Monday, I started, I started a new job on July 2nd. It's been, been a great thing for me. But, you know, I, I didn't panic. Why I didn't panic? Because I had this trust in the Lord. I knew that everything was going to be okay. And this is where I'm, I'm and I'll, I'll get where I want to go, then we'll close. But this is where I want you to grasp a hold today. You need to trust the Lord in all things, even when things have gone completely wrong. And they're just, they're, they're, there's fire in the house, and everything is burnt to the ground, but God has it in control. Can someone say amen to that? When, when it seems like all is lost and there's no victory and you're just going to walk away lost, God has an answer for that. Oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you that God had an answer and he already sent it on the way. He was just waiting you to get there. Don't miss this. Don't, just to, for you to get there, to have the need to see that he already supplied the lamb. Oh, hallelujah. He already did. Now, me and my lovely wife, we are moving. We, are, we don't know where we're going right now, but we may go here, we may go there, okay? That's another story, but you know what? I'm not worried. God's going to supply the lamb, okay? But I want to tell you this. This is a, such a Jesus thing. You know, we begin to look for another place, but we're, we're in a contract with an apartment. I mean, we, and we just signed it. <laughs> we literally signed it in June. So we're like, what, three, four months into it. And the lady says, you know, the only way you can get out of it is you're going to have to have someone take over the place, right? So we found out, hallelujah, we found out that three weeks before, don't miss this, three weeks before we started looking around for another place to live, someone had called there and said, we're looking for three bedrooms. Do you have any? She goes, no, we don't, we don't have any three bedrooms at all. But we do have two bedrooms with a den, which could be a third bedroom. But they're all full. We got contracts on them. He said, well, you know what? I'm just going to come and check it out. So his appointment was Tuesday. He made it three weeks earlier. Between three weeks to then, we suddenly are going to need someone to take our place. 
Can I tell you, on Tuesday, he put a deposit down on our place, which we're still living at, because God supplied the lamb before I had the need. Whoa, hallelujah. If that don't stir your soup, you need to change your broth. I'm telling you, that's what God does. Whoo! You need to trust in him, even when it seems that all is lost. And the thing is, don't miss this. He, he doesn't have negative for you. You might go through a negative day. But he doesn't have negative for you. And, and I'll take that and I'll spin it to our, 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 our second verse. Because when I, when, I, when I learned this, it changed who I am in the Lord. And I hope it does the same thing for you because this is the Lord speaking to you today. Let's move on to Luke, the 11th chapter. Two verses. And the word says, now suppose, now this is Jesus speaking. He says, now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Now this is the verse right here that will change who you are. This is the changing station right here. If you let, if you let the Lord, you'll never be the same again if you, if you can get this. Verse 12, or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? I really struggled with that verse for 20 years of my life. I said, what does that even mean? That's ridiculous. Of course not. Who wants to have a scorpion instead of an egg? That's, that's, Lord, that's just dumb. Come on. That's just dumb. Lord, what's, what's up with this? right? This has to be misinterpreted. It has to be. has to be. So I was sitting in a Bible study, and I had just reading this, and I don't even know what they were talking about in the Bible study. I'll be transparent with you. Uh, but the Lord had, he was speaking to me. Ever been into a, a situation or in a sermon or in a, and God starts talking to you directly? Ooh, he has something to say to you. I want to say that again. Today, he has something to say to you, the CEO, out of Michigan, right here. I want to talk to you. So I was sitting there, and I was, I was reading this. And I said, this doesn't make sense. God, I've never made any sense out of this. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me vividly, and he says, well, scorpions come from eggs. Did you not know that? I go, come on, stop it. That's ridiculous. Scorpions don't come from eggs. Come on. What, what do you think, I'm dumb? There's no way. I went on the internet. I went to Miss Google. She knows a lot, right? I went over to her, and she, t she showed me pictures. That a scorpion is birth from eggs. Now, here it comes. Get ready. So that prayer request that God's, that you've been asking God for, the thing that you wanted so bad, that ache, and you're not getting it, well, maybe it's because God knows inside of it that it's a scorpion, and all it'll do is hurt you and hurt you and continue to sting you or could even kill you. But instead, you trust the Lord that no matter what, that if that egg does not come my way, hallelujah, God has another egg for me, even the one I may not have asked for because his way are better than mine. 
past finding out. That's what the word says. Can someone say amen? Give him some glory, church. Hallelujah. That's the truth. So you've been seeking God and asking him for that special thing. Oh, you got to have it. Lord, let me have it. I want the job, the car, the girl, the boy, the family, whatever it is. But he's telling me, telling you, listen, I have better. Oh, hallelujah. And maybe you're not getting it today because there's a scorpion inside of it. And it wants to sting you and cause you harm. And he loves you too much to let it happen. And we'll bombard heaven and God will change his mind. That's not how he works, church. Can someone say amen? That's not how it works. And if you think it does, you don't know him today. And he's asking you, he's begging you, come, come get to know me today. I'm more than just religion. I'm, I'm more than just some place that you've come for a few weeks to get something better inside you. That's not the truth. He's come to you to change everything inside of you so you will be a reflection of who he is. Whoa, hallelujah. That's what he does. And when he does that to you, then the envy and the jealousy and the hatred and the unforgiveness. How many here, is, how many here has dealt with unforgiveness. Uh, here, here I am. I am. I'm the one. I dealt with it. On, uh, you know, giving forgiveness is tough. No. It, uh, who has easy time with it? Do you? I don't. I don't. How about you back there? Are you okay with, you, you have no problem giving forgiveness all the time? No problem? Well, you, told, you know what? Sometimes someone does something to you and you're like, I can't believe they did that to me. How, how, how dare them? All the stuff I've done for them? What? How dare they do that? And they rip out your heart. And you, you say, all I did was love you, and you did this to me. Why? And then the Lord says, you know, forgive them. Forgive them. I'm like, oh God, yeah, okay, whatever. And, so, and someone says, well, you know, Brother Dave, Unless you forget, you'll never forgive. And that's just a bunch of junk. You know why? Because, you know, I might not be the smartest rock in the box, but I still have my facilities, and I still remember things, right? I remember playing football when I was in, in school, and I remember failing at baseball, and I remember my first girlfriend, and, Oh, she left me, and I threw her, her ring out into the field. <laughs> I just bought that thing, too. It's $45. Back then, $45 was a lot of money, and I wasn't even working. I was 16 years old. See, see how things, you, you remember that. And the Lord remembers that, too. That's the thing. Don't miss that. He remembered my frustration. I took that ring. I said, there you go. How do you like that? Pawn it someplace. I couldn't find it at all. What's up with that? It was like God went into the black hole. I don't know who knows where it went to. But but I remember. I remember. But here's where it's at. When God, when you let God help you with forgiveness, the sting goes away. And when there's no sting, there's no hurt. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? 
not to be hurting with someone who's done something against you. Oh, wow. And you win in forgiveness. You're the winner. Because when you don't forgive, this is what you do. Someone's dragging my foot. That's, 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 that's important. You're dragging your foot because you can't stand. That's why. It's so heavy on you. Just dragging this around. Hey, you can't believe they did this to you. Yeah. I was, I don't think I've ever shared this story before, so I'm going to share it with you anyway. So my, my wife, I had a wife who had wanted to divorce me. things to me. Had an affair. Took a lot of money. Filed taxes and got a bunch of money on my name. I mean, I could just spend a long time with you. See, I remember. And I had a plan. Oh, baby. I had a plan. I call it my nuclear day. Here's what's going to happen. On this day, all her work, and I'm going to tell her boss that she really doesn't have a, a degree, even though she got the job because she has a degree, and I'm going to call the IRS, and I'm going to tell them that, oh yeah, oh she's a fraud, you need to go get her, and uh, then I'm going to call uh, the, uh, the husband, uh, or, uh, or I was going to call the wife of the husband that was she's cheating with and say, guess what, I know where your man is at, <laughs> I was, I, I was, man, I had, I had nuclear bombs just ready to say yeah baby come on come on we're taking you out oh yeah I can feel it then I, then I, I went to sleep true story and the Lord I, whew, I feel the presence of the Lord the Lord showed me a dream I was in this war and I had this those uh, those shoulder missiles, you know, what do they call them? Uh, I don't know what they call them. What was that? Right, it's from the military guy. Uh, right, uh, who knows what that is? What's, what do they normally call them? Bazooka. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, all right. So we got this thing here. I got it on my on my shoulder, okay? And I'm looking for it. <laughs> I, got, look, I, got, I got a bazooka on my shoulder. I'm taking her out. So I'm going there. And okay. Oh, there she is. Boom! Oh my God. Hey, it's coming my way. Get out of the way. Boom! What was that all about? And then over and over again. And then one time, the missile came back and it burnt me a little bit. And in my, in my vision, the Lord says, that's why you need to let me take care of it because you're going to get hurt. You need to forgive her. Did I forgive her yesterday, one day? No. Some days it was easy. Some days it was hard. But every day it was hard. I took it before the Lord. I said, Lord, I can't carry this today. I'm not doing this today. I'm not. I'm going to give it to you. And the days I was able to do that, it was no longer any sting. And then I was crying, you know, because it, 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 this is a major thing in my life. And I, 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 I never forget it. I was, I was living in a basement Everything was gone. I was living in the basement, and my daughter, 
house and just crawled up in bed and just crying. And I was listening to gospel music. And the song says, let me add this caveat, that, that the day beforehand, she tossed everything I had in my whole life on the driveway. It was, it was like 30 boxes. My whole life in 30 boxes. Can you believe that? 50 years old. And my whole lot is just in a few boxes. Anyway. So I gathered them up and I put them downstairs and I opened some of them up. I saw my little babies when they were babies and like started to cry. I, I love them. I love my, my children, you know. And the, the song on the radio said, pack up those dreams. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says, that's what you need to do. Just pack them up. Pack them up, close them up, put them in another room. And the time will come. This is how truthful and faithful he is, church. The time will come when you'll be able to open that box up. It will no longer hurt you if you forgive them. Can I tell you? That's truth. I've been in that box many times looking for things. I've seen pictures. They don't bother me at all any longer. I remember them, of course. But the sting is gone. Because that's what he does. And he has a promise for you today that is more than what you think he is. And all he wants you to do is trust him and know that his day is better than the one that you think is going to be. And that if you'll just trust him no matter what's happening, it'll work out. And you know why it works out? Because you're his child. You really are. And that's the gift the Lord wants to sh me to share with you today. That, and it's your choice, really. You, you can... You can leave this service and say, you know, that guy's crazy. He jumps up and down. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. Banging his hand against the wall. Or you can hear the word of the Lord today. He's saying, trust me. Hallelujah. He says, listen, you're where you're at because I took you there. Hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I knew that there was things, hear what God's saying to you right now. I knew there was things inside of you that, were, that you were going to struggle with. Whatever it is, you struggle with it. I knew that from the day you were born. I knew that. So I allowed you to go through things because we're going to get that out of you. But you need to hold on to me and trust in me because I'm going to make it better. And the person you walk from it, the person you become, no longer has that sting any longer. You don't have that baggage no more. It's no longer there. And you live a life. You know, they sung this song, and I'll begin to close, about joy. You know, happiness and joy is two different things. I can be happy because I ate a steak. I like steak. But joy is like a, a fountain of 
explodes through your body. And no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, there's a skip in your step. There's a, a trust that you know that no matter, no matter what, he has everything in control, and I praise him for it. I don't know why he chose me. If it was me, I would have chose me, but he did. He chose me and said, you're going to be my son. I love you. I'm going to take you to where you can give your life to me and know that if you trust me, I will always come through for you. It will be my way, though. Whoo, hallelujah. It will be my way. His way. Might not be your way. I'll say this in closing. I was telling my son about the sermon today, about God's benefits. He says, Dad, I know, but those benefits come with a price. He says, son, you don't get it. They don't come with a price if you let God be God. If you want to be God of your life, then you're right. You're going to struggle with God every day. You're going to wrestle because your ways, you want your way, you want your way. Your flesh wants this, you want to take that. You, uh, your, uh, your mind says, I'll oh, take that, you're allowed to have that. Oh, look at this here, you can go see this, it won't bother you. You can speak this way, it doesn't really matter. And it's just, it's your way. You want to be God. That's what it comes down to. Are you going to allow God to be God of your life? If you do, all these things are possible. Trust, hope, salvation, everything. It's your decision. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. That's our special guest speaker today at Encounter. All of our guest speaker messages can be downloaded from our website. G-O-D-E-N-C.com. Messages from Bishop Michael Rice are freely available on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter. We are-